0: Thursday edition, Locked On NBA, David Locke, along with Washington Post national columnist and author of Bubble Ball, Ben Golliver. Ben Golliver, are you ready? Are, are you ready? I'm bringing it right out of the chute today. Bring it on. I was born ready, Locke. I love it when you've got heaters in the chamber. Okay. The play-in game is the best single rule change by any sport ever in the history of sport to add entertainment to an entire schedule. I didn't say that very well. This rule change by the NBA has had the greatest impact on making the league more entertaining and games more interesting and better played than any rule change by any other professional sport ever since maybe like, I don't know, like lowering the mound in 68, Maybe like changing rule in 1912, like hockey going to three on three in overtime is like good, but it doesn't happen that often. This has changed the dynamic of the entire season, made games that would have not mattered mattered, made fan bases who wouldn't follow things, follow things, and has become a crazy, crazy interesting without the games even happening yet, which will be off the charts.
1: Well, I'm with you. I've been caught up in the, the play-in fever. There's no question about it. And it was funny, I was talking to someone today who was asking, well, like, what are the biggest legacies of the bubble? Like, what have, from the bubble has uh, the NBA adopted? And you kind of go down in the list, and you're like, well, they've changed up how the arenas work. There's fans back in the building. They've changed up some of the protocols, of course. Um, you, know, you, you know, how does it look on television? Well, it's back to how it used to look on television. But the one thing that they did do was take the play in and expand it and have even more success than they had with it in the bubble. And it was pretty successful in the bubble. So um, I'm with you. It's, it's definitely injected more than I expected. It has made it very difficult to predict who's going to match up with whom, although we're getting pretty close on some of these matchups. We're like one or two results away from, from having some of them sealed here a little bit. Um, but even in the game that you were covering tonight with Utah-Portland, I mean, massive stakes really for both teams on that side of it. And a typical year, there just wouldn't have been, right? It's like, Portland's in. Does it really matter where they land? Who cares? Whatever. And, and now um, they have big stakes. Tonight, the Lakers are playing the, the Rockets, and people will say, well, the Lakers don't even have their stars. Who cares? And it's like, well, it's going to really matter to their stars whether or not they have to go through that playing round just to make the playoffs. So uh, I'm with you. I think it's been a, a big win. The TV numbers bear it out. You know, Apparently, it was up 25% from March to April in terms of the TV ratings nationally. Um, in large part to the excitement around the Warriors and Steph Curry and the play in So um, I definitely think it's here to stay. I would be stunned if they went the other way with it and didn't bring this thing back.
0: I also think they've done it wildly well. Like, for something that they're implementing that's new, and I'd be really curious, and maybe you've written this for the Washington Post, and I apologize if I missed it, though I am a subscriber, so I should have got it. Um, The origins of it I think are interesting. So they did it really well. Like, if you finish seven or eight, you're guaranteed one home game to make the playoffs guaranteed at least a minute like that's a Big deal. Like, what the the difference between 8 and 9, like this Golden State little Memphis interplay that's going on right now with the final game of the regular season possibly going down to who's 8 and who's 9, like the difference between 8 and 9 is massively different. Even if you just took, like, a flip of the coin, right? So if you have two chances to, to win compared to one chance, then it ends up being a 25% chance if you're a 9-10 seed and a 75% chance for your coin to come up heads if you flip it twice on, on the other side, on 8-9. So, like, it's not as though, you know, I, I, I've I listened to people. I, I The only valid complaint I've actually heard on the whole thing is Donovan Mitchell had an interesting take the other day that he thinks it's a disadvantage to the one or two seed because they don't know who they're playing.
1: And so Correct. they can't prepare. It's, it's worse to the one seed. It's worse to the one seed because they have to wait an extra game to find out who they're playing. So, I did actually write something along this line. The NBA's decision makers, they're calling what you're describing marginal incentives for seven, eight, nine, and 10, right? So, even the nine gets a marginal incentive because they get to play the nine, 10 game at home against 10, right? But then, eight, or uh, when eight plays nine in the second round, assuming that's how it goes out, eight gets to have home court. And then, obviously, seven would get to have home court at least once, if not twice, in their playing game. So, there's a benefit at every step of the ladder, and they wanted it that way. Because a lot of people were saying, well, why don't you just have seven play 10 and eight play nine and the winners advance? And, and what the NBA was saying is like, look, we want to make it a little bit more complicated than that by trying to ensure that all these teams want to gun for each one of those spots on the way uh, into the playoffs. Right. And of course, everybody's gunning for six to not have to deal with that as well. So, it, you know, it, the incentives go up and down the board. But that downside is one they're aware of that Donovan mentioned. And it is weird because, you know, the the two seed will know who they're going to play in the seven game after that first seven, eight matchup, right? Um, The one seed has to wait the extra time, and they actually have the shortest amount of prep time. And so that is one aspect of it that could change heading into next year uh, that they mentioned to me. It's just like, look, we've heard that from some teams that, like, you know, you play all year long to earn the benefit to be number one, and then you have, like, 36 hours to turn around and figure out who you're going to play.
0: It would – it would be really. It's a really interesting um, aspect of that. All right? I mean, just about every game tonight had some play-in element to it, right? Washington's playing Atlanta. Washington probably is set at that ten seed after this loss. But had they won tonight, maybe they were able to go get nine against Indiana. Like so, there's a little a little game there. Even with that, um, Atlanta gets this win. Atlanta has now moved a half game into the four seed. That four, five, six between Atlanta, Miami, and New York is wild.
1: Well, and there's huge incentives there too because you don't want to be six because you don't want to have to play the Bucks or the Nets, right? You'd much rather play the other team in that matchup. And it's funny too because you know flip it around, and if you ask the, the the Bucks and the Nets about who are they worried about seeing from that group, they don't want to see Miami. They would way rather play Atlanta, and New York, right? And yet those other teams are doing just a great job of hanging on. I mean, both the Hawks um, and the Knicks, I believe, with wins tonight, right? And I think they both clinched playoff spots officially, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a nice uh, you know check mark on on those team seasons where that was clearly the goal for them. You know, after things got started and they got off to pretty good starts in the case of the Knicks and. And for the Hawks, it was all about, Hey, can we make this final push after we change coaches uh, down the stretch of the season? So they're both in and, and they're both feeling great about it. So yeah, again, there are incentives and benefits um, up and down really from almost every single spot. And you mentioned this last week, but those benefits start at the top for like a team like Philly, having the one seed in the Eastern conference is a massive boost. Uh, you know, especially when you've got uh, the Brooklyn getting hard and back and looking pretty good tonight, you don't want to see them if you don't have to. And, having that number one spot ensures you've got the easiest path to do it.
0: The uh, Do you buy Atlanta? I mean, I guess Atlanta or New York could advance to the second round by definition if they end up playing each other. Are you fully in on either of those teams as, like, the way you just talked about Miami? right? I think that's an interesting concept. We all, like, we're all talking about it. I've said it a million times. Like, oh, my gosh, if Milwaukee's route right now, and it's changing as we speak, but Milwaukee's route is going to be Miami, Brooklyn, and then Philadelphia. Like, that, there's no way. Whereas I'm like, Philadelphia gets to go and play Atlanta or New York as though that's some second fiddle thing. Are you, is that fair on my part? Or should we be giving Atlanta and New York more juice considering the fact that they're 38 and 31 just like Miami? Or does Miami's track record prove that to be right?
1: Well, I would just say this, put all the players on New York, Atlanta, and Miami into a draft. Who are you taking first and second? I'm taking Jimmy and Bam, right? Yeah, yep. Even before Randall, even before Trey. So that's, that's how I would decide that one. I would say Miami is a significantly more difficult foe for whoever they're going to get in the first round. And I think the only way Atlanta or New York advances is if they play each other.
0: And I'm taking Spolster first too.
1: There you go. Yeah. Out of those three coaches for sure. And, um, You know, it's not like Miami's not without their flaws, but they've been playing better. Their winning percentage with Jimmy on the court is very, very high this year. I mean, it's almost like I think, uh, you know, close to two-thirds of their games they've won with him on the court, if not higher. So I think that their record is a little bit misrepresentative, Miami's is, and that they're better um, than either one of those teams with a similar record in the standings right now. The
0: Boston Celtics fall again tonight. The Utah Jazz fall again tonight. Portland advance. It wins. We'll break down those, the impact of that as we continue. He's Ben Golliver. I'm David Locke. This is Locked on NBA, your nightly, daily podcast running through last night's action and giving you all the insight that you need. Today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. This episode brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app on your iOS app store and find one of the locker rooms, locker room changing the way we talk about sports. You know what else on this show? Who else do you think, Ben Gulliver? Rock. has got
1: to be Rock Auto.
0: It's got to be Rock Auto. Rock Auto, baby. That's right. Rock Auto, a family-owned business. For the last twenty years, serving online customers, go to RockAuto.com. Shop the auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake pads, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets and windshield wipers for car people like me and Ben Gulliver who can do really nothing else. Well, choose your brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. It's a great story. Like if you look for a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, is like fuel pump in. It's three hundred and fifty three dollars at like a big chain store. It's two hundred and sixteen dollars at rockauto.com. This is what they do. Catalog's unique and it's basic and it's easy to navigate. It's a little old school. You get the best prices. They're the same whether you're do-it-yourself or a professional. They're reliably low. It's rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available at your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us section? Rock Auto. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Ben Golliver is with us. If you haven't caught Locked On today, please do. It is our daily podcast, 20 minutes recapping all the major news in sports. One of the major stories for them, I'm sure, today is the Boston Celtics. Do we worry about the Boston Celtics loss tonight or the fact that they are already into the play-in, that they're not playing for anything? Is is that... uh, uh, it, it, or do you look at this one and just say this is just a reoccurring theme of a team that is not as good as people hoped and thought they were going to be?
1: Well, I go all the way back to January or February when I called them kind of the, bi- the biggest disappointment in the NBA. I've kind of been standing by that the whole way. They They did build some momentum at various points over the last month or two. They haven't been able to sustain it. I look at that Jalen Brown injury, complete killer, right? I mean, such an important piece for them. And this team already was wavering when it comes to their confidence, right? You know, they, they never really seemed like they bought into each other. I think there's a lot of 3-2-1 Cancun potential with these guys now. No Jalen, they're dropping these losses. I think it's four in a row for them. I mean, they should be beating Cleveland at this stage of the season. They're hundred. They don't really have much confidence they're going to win a first-round series at this point. I can see this being kind of a checkout-time season for them and just hit the, hit the off season and, and rest up. That's sort of what I'm predicting. I know that sounds a little bit dire. It's out of step with what we expect from a Brad Stevens and, and Boston Celtics team. But to me, it's just been red warning flags all season long, and I don't see why we should be you know, trying to talk ourselves out of it. Just trust the red flags. They're there. Should we
0: make the comment you just made – this is what we shouldn't, wouldn't expect out of a Brad Stevens Boston Celtics team. In other words, is Brad Stevens really blameless here? Well, I'm not going to put it all on him. They've had a
1: very tough hand this season for sure. I mean, Kemba started really slow. Their big man rotation was out of whack the whole way. You know, Danny had a really tough offseason. Danny Ainge did in terms of like you know managing the Gordon Hayward asset, not really plugging the holes in ways that they needed. Um, You know, Jason Tatum having a really bad bout with COVID definitely, you know, cut into their win total as well. I'm personally willing to give Brad Stevens a pass because he's had so much success here over the last five years in terms of overachieving. But um, this is a very, very frustrating year all the way around, kind of no matter what. If they were to make the first round, I think they're going out quick and I think it would be kind of ugly, you know. So uh, all of that is cause for concern, but they're kind of hamstrung. I mean, that Kemba contract makes things really difficult for them going forward. I'm sure they're going to try to explore ways to trade it or try to retool this summer. I'm not sure I see an easy way to do that. So you know, they're probably just going to hope. Hey, let's run this thing back next year with better injury luck. You know, more time off, more rest for our guys. Maybe we can get a better result.
0: If you are the, um. Do the Boston Celtics as a franchise, let me ask you this way. I'm going to load this one up a little bit. If another franchise had lost three marquee free agents in a span of two years, would they get a pass the way the Celtics are? Well, it's a
1: great question. I mean, all those were different situations. I mean, I think the Kyrie one is the one you're going to hold against them the most because we know how important it is to cater to big talent in the NBA, right, and use that as your landing pad for it to bring in other guys and, you know, play the super team game. I think Boston is one of those organizations, fairly big city, obviously very prestigious history. They should be trying to keep up with the Joneses in that fashion, right? You grab Kyrie and you try to use him to lure other stars. That one blew up in their face. I think losing Al Horford is okay. You know, the, the Hayward situation is defensible, It was a really big number. He's been injured for a large part of this season. Hasn't played, I don't think, since April, uh, early April. So that one isn't quite as bad as it seemed at the time, but they should have found a way to cash the Hayward thing into some sort of asset, Um, you know, whether that was like the miles Turner trade that got talked about or something else. So I do think there should be more heat on their front office overall in terms of how they're handling like the big picture strategic game. And there's been some misses in the draft along the way as well, but, to me, I think that the Kyrie experiment is what I look at as the turning point because I think that they sort of invested in him you know, with that trade, thinking he's going to be our guy for five to seven years and we're going to be able to uh, you know, build this whole thing around him when he goes completely different direction to a division rival, no less, and teams up with an even better, more talented supporting cast. That just kind of leaves you on the outside looking in, and that's very difficult to recover from.
0: It's an interesting one. I don't know that I give them such a pass on Hayward and Horford the way you do. Like I would think those players would want to stay, and it seemed like those players were both very eager to leave. And I think that's the story that's never been really told here of why. And I, I, I don't know what it means. Like I, I'm not. I don't. I don't know why. Like maybe it was just that Gordon wanted more money. Maybe it was that Al Horford just wanted to go to Philadelphia. But. Ne- they seem like, you know, those are both high-level character guys. They, are, they seem like that would be a place, you know, you'd want them to stay. They seem like they had a chance to really win with all of them. So it's, that's funky to me. Like that, I just feel like there must be – I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to make a comment that gets – Well, the, look, know. I
1: mean, money was part of it in both cases, right? I mean, you know, in both situations, it wasn't a, you know, a case where Boston was offering maxes and lost them. You know, it was those guys were trying to get bigger deals. There was negotiations back and forth. I don't think Celtics' ownership wanted to pull, pay full freight where, uh, where they were in terms of age and health in their career. And I think that probably turned those guys off. They probably felt like, look, you know, we've earned the right. And it doesn't have to necessarily be a bitter deal where somebody's leaving angry, right? But, um, you know, if you're Al Horford, you're feeling like, hey, I'm probably going to be a Hall of Famer. I've got a bunch of um, all-star, you know, uh, selections on my resume, uh, all defensive selections and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm here. You should take care of me. And, and they don't. Um, of course you're going to look around. And, and there was teams ready to pounce on both those guys, right? And both Philly and Charlotte moved pretty quickly. So I think there was a financial component to it as well. Also, I think that it's sort of been Jason Tatum's team in waiting for a while. And, you know, if you know you're not going to be the alpha and you know you've got to fit in with a younger guy and maybe you're looking at your own timeline and saying, what's exactly my role here? I could see why a player like Hayward especially would want a bigger, more important offensive role than playing third fiddle to you know, Tatum and Brown, who were clearly both ascendant last year and kind of marginalized Hayward along the way. Speaking of
0: third fiddle, no, he's not. I'm just kidding. I don't know who third fiddle is. But James Harden did return tonight, 26 minutes, 18 points, 11 assists, seven rebounds in 26 minutes, took eight shots. They beat the Spurs, who aren't really playing for much at this point. They're the 10th seed. That's kind of set. Um, but that's a pretty darn good sign for Brooklyn. I I, I find Philadelphia kind of the unsung team over there just because their route is so much easier, but I can't really imagine that anyone is going to be able to beat Brooklyn if they're all healthy.
1: Yeah, I still trust Brooklyn's talent. It was a really nice bounce-back game from Harden. He also let everybody know about it in the press conference. I don't know if you saw his one-liner about, hey, I, what can I say? I'm just really good at basketball. He, I mean, it was like classic James Harden, you know, not exactly being uh, you know, Mr. Deferential to the media, but um, I, it was nice for him to, you know, announce his return because I thought, you know, we talked about this months ago, how he should have been in the MVP conversation before his injury. He was out for a long time, you know, and I still think he should be an all NBA third team selection. I bet you a lot of the voters are going to snub him and I would be surprised if he actually makes it, but to me, he's still deserving given the quality of play he had there for a solid two or three months that really drove Brooklyn up the standings. Um, And so that's, you know, that's a big reason why I'm still trusting in their talent. Katie's been looking pretty good um, recently as well. We still need to put it all together. But, you know, to me, they're going to be okay in the first round, almost no matter who they get. And then it just comes down to can they win the matchup game with Milwaukee in the second round? And having Harden on the court really, really helps there. I mean, to me, that's kind of the pivotal matchup in that series.
0: Well, if you look at the betonline.ag lines for the NBA, they have no doubt what they think. Brooklyn is still the odds-on uh, favorite, complete uh, to to carry it over in the wet in the um, in the East and to win the title. They're the odds-on favorite to to win it. Um, I'm surprised how low Philadelphia is when I look at the betonline.ag lines because uh, part of you know what I look at. In, is how easy that much easier that route is, and it seems like that's kind of the gamble that's worth being uh, played there. But boy, they all there's everyone seems to believe Brooklyn's gonna be back and at it. By the way, a little fun one. Will Brad Stevens coach next season for the Boston minus five hundred is yes, plus three hundred is no. Luke Walton's at minus one seventy five at yes on the Kings. Mike Budenholzers minus two hundred for the Bucks. Nate Bjorkman's minus 175 for the Pacers is yes. Scott Brooks minus 175 for the Wizards and Terry Stotts minus 300. That's all at betonline.ag, betonline.ag, the easiest and way to do your betting, trusted for over 20 years. Get in on all the fun, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. That's all at betonline.ag. Bullet dodged in Los Angeles the Lakers blow an 8 point lead in the final 3 minutes of the game tonight they led this game by the score of 120 to one, 121 to 113 with 3 minutes left And next thing you know, they had the ball with 22 seconds left, down by one with a loss, meaning that they were guaranteed to play the play-in game, and Kyle Kuzma scores it on a layup with 6.7 seconds left, and Kelly Olenek commits a turnover as Ben McLemore gets a steal against his former team, and the Lakers are still alive to get out of the play-in game, though barely, barely, but without LeBron and without AD, they're able to beat... The completely hapless Houston Rockets.
1: Yeah, I mean, here's a take that nobody cares about, but Houston really won that Ola Depot for Olynic trade, didn't they? I mean, olenek has been putting up monster numbers for them. Twenty-four, six, and eight. Um, tonight. Obviously, Ola Depot, the news comes out today. He's done for the season with the the quad injury, and that really puts his free agency into big time question mark. I mean, this has been a nightmare year for Ola Depot just all the way around in terms of how it's played out. But for the Lakers, I mean, you know, skirting death for sure. And I still feel like they're probably going to end up in the seven, but this at least gives them a chance. They were able to get the extra rest for both LeBron and Anthony Davis. It's still a little bit nerve-wracking to me, I think, uh, that both those guys seem to be needing the rest this late in the season or at least wanting it, um, especially when there was reports that LeBron might kind of come back onto the court multiple times this week, and he didn't. So that, to me, is still a wide-open question. But for the Lakers fans, the night started with them you know, uh, dropping the championship banner and, and showing that in the, uh, in the rafters. And it ends with just, you know, uh, just by the, the skin of their teeth victory here. That's crucial in that race uh, in the 5-6-7
0: in the West. So the, here's what, where it stands today. Coming into the night, the Lakers pretty much have to win out. And to prevent the Lakers, Dallas and Portland need to win two out of three. Dallas's route is pretty easy. It's New Orleans and Toronto. Uh, New Orleans tonight. Portland's is a little more complicated. It's Utah, Phoenix, Denver, New Dallas, blasts New Orleans, coming off probably their worst game of the year against Memphis. They get it back on track. Luka has 33, coming off probably his worst game of the year. Hardaway has 27. Przingis even played, um, which in itself is a news story at this point. And so Dallas gets the win over a very short shorthanded uh, New Orleans team in which you would not be able to recognize any of their starters, because only one of them started when the year started. Um, not playing Ball, Ingram, Adams, or Zion Williamson. So Dallas gets that win. Uh, and Portland comes into Utah, and Got a really important win for them, holding the fifth seed, a 105-98 win. And, you know, that's the number one offense in the NBA since they acquired Norman Powell.
1: Yeah, they've been playing a lot better. I did not see this turnaround coming from them. I mean, it's been really, really impressive. Um, You know, Nurkic being back also helps. They've gotten great minutes from that group. And I think you're going to see in the playoffs, they just really, really rely heavily on their starters, you know. I think they're going to try to play those guys as many minutes as they possibly can, avoid some of the, the defensive sieves in the, in the second unit and just hope that they can outscore teams uh, you know, with that three-guard you know, lineup, if you want to call Powell um, a guard as well, and just you know, kind of you know, turn things into a shootout. I mean, for, for Portland, it was a big win. I think it was aided by Utah's cold shooting. It didn't really seem like they had a great rhythm. The Jazz offense didn't in that game. And, uh, you know, Portland was just real steady down the stretch, which has been one of their characteristics really all season long, even when they weren't playing that well. They've done well late in games. And so I think big win for Portland. Their momentum is finally going in the right direction. So uh, uh, this could be one of those things where like all that talk about Terry Stotts, this and, you know, is there going to be a blow up move this summer that I mean, they're they, they showed some resolve and some heart in bouncing back from a, a moment that was looking pretty tense there. Uh, you know, maybe two weeks ago where it seemed like the season might be slipping for them. They've won 10 of 11. I know. And they and like, look at their 10 games before that. And it was not nearly as good. So that's, that's what I mean. It really does come down to the the quick chemistry. They developed with Powell, Nurkic and the two guards, um, you know, both Lillard and McCollum to me looked really good tonight. They're kind of in a groove. And those guys are, are people you should fear in the playoffs. I mean, Lillard's reputation speaks for itself. CJ's had some real moments too. We'll see who they match up with. It's, it's kind of interesting from Portland's standpoint. I think they'd probably prefer Denver rather than the Clippers just because the Clippers have a, a really good offense and also just tougher wings for Portland to match up with in terms of size and physicality. They'd probably rather get uh, you know, Denver without Murray. But Denver's no slouch either. So uh, you know, it goes back to your point about the play-in. Like every single one of these results matter. You cannot slip up here over the last week because it's going to change who you get um, when it comes to that playoff draw.
0: Pretty interesting notes I found for Portland while prepping for him. First off, their starting lineup is plus 14 per 100 possessions. Right. When they have Dame, CJ, and Powell on the floor, they're plus 16. What I thought's most interesting, though, is that the whole idea to me of why Neil O'Shea pulled the Powell deal off was to solve one of their long, ongoing problems, which is whenever CJ was on the floor without Dame, it didn't work out very well. And so get C.J. on the floor with Norm Powell and maybe you're going to be okay. Has not been? I don't know what it was tonight, but they're minus eight per 100 possessions this year when C.J. and Norm are on the floor without Dame. And when Lillard's on the floor with Norm Powell and out C.J., limited time they do this, they're minus 25 for 100 possessions. So that's a little interesting. Tonight C.J. was quite good. He was kind of carried the load in the second quarter and got the game going for Portland more than Dame did. Um, but it's an interesting little thing. I As as much as they are 10-1, and one, their offense is number one, their defense is much improved in Nurkic, They're, they are, as you're saying, riding those starters. They haven't suddenly built a roster that's giving them kind of the depth, I think, that they want to be able to pull with those three guys. Norm didn't look actually... Particularly good tonight, um, either offensively or defensively for them, uh, and the Jazz are just worn out. Like it, you know. You you go take your number one and for two sure. options off the floor for that was the fifteenth straight game without Donovan Mitchell and the tenth straight without both Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley. You know, Joe Ingles is a wonderful player. Is he a starting point guard in the NBA who plays thirty-two minutes a night at the point with Robert Covington following him everywhere? No. Um, I don't think he is, and I think he looks like it. Um, the other one I'd say is Terrence yeah, Dodds was brilliantly prepared today. I was also just
1: going to add Bogdanovich as well to me. You know, again, maybe showing some signs of fatigue or just like overall, hey, look, we could really use our main ball handlers here to help get him going a little bit. Um, you know, the the one flip side benefit of needing to wait to find out who your opponent, though, is if you're the one or eight seed is you just get more rest time, right? And so I do think those extra days for Mitchell – Conley and then even these guys who are needing to play bigger uh, minutes down the stretch here for Utah will be a benefit to them I also think to boil down your point on Portland here real quick you know I I think the bottom line is Dame's going to have to play like 43 minutes a game in the playoffs right I mean it it basically if if they're struggling that much with CJ and uh, Powell on but not Dame that just says you know get ready Lillard Uh, you're not coming off the court
0: you know So tomorrow, Portland will play Phoenix. If Portland wins it, Utah then only needs one win, uh, their final two against Oklahoma City and Sacramento. But as of right now, Utah has to beat both Oklahoma City and Sacramento to close this thing out um, to be the number one seed. They'll be favored in both games, but you just never know. Um, Clippers play in Charlotte tomorrow. That's them them battling to try to secure the three seed. And otherwise, there's other little fun games. New York plays. San Antonio, Atlanta hosts uh, Orlando, and Miami hosts Philadelphia with all those guys uh, jousting for four, five, and six. And Denver plays in Minnesota, who's been surprisingly feisty late in the season, trying to hold on to uh, if Denver is, really cares. If it, I, I can't tell if someone cares about three versus uh, four in that matchup, but I would assume you'd probably rather... Um, be three and not end up playing um, the four or five matchup, but it might not be that that might not be that big a difference. Who knows where the Lakers float around here. So we, I don't think anyone has, maybe there's not great emotion between the Clippers and Denver trying to miss three, four um, in this process, but it should be another fun one tomorrow night. Ben Golliver, Thank you very much. How's bubble ball going out there and available for everybody. Um, How's what's the latest on the bubble ball world?
1: No, I've just been having lots of great conversations about it. I appreciate everyone's support. I heard from a lot of listeners uh, over the last week or so. You can find it Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, wherever you get books. Uh, Bubble Ball, Inside the NBA's Fight to Save the Season. And uh, you know, I'm actually looking forward to the Hall of Fame uh, induction this weekend. Log. That'll be a fun trip. Maybe we can talk about that next week. And, of course, we're going to have Play in Madness. And the playoff brackets to break down. So, so much stuff happening right now. It's just a phenomenal time to be a basketball fan.
0: Tip of the hat to Rudy Tomjanovich, who will be inducted in the Hall of Fame, and everybody will forget about it because of all the other names that are being inducted in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and he's well-deserving. He's Ben Gulliver. I'm David Locke. Thanks very much for tuning in. Josh Lloyd's got Locked On Fantasy Basketball, and Lockdown Today is available for you as well. So, go grab them all. Have a good one. Talk to you soon.